What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Dimwing here with y'all as always. Come to y'all here from Louisville, Kentucky. Got a lot to get to on today's podcast. A uh, quite a bit of coaching news that has happened over the past couple of days that we need to dive into here both on the head coaching front as well as the assistant coaching front also. So quite a bit here in the coaching world that has uh, gone on here in recent weeks. Also want to talk a little transfer portal as well on today's show. Now, getting started here we're going to get started with this coaching coaching carousel uh, that is rolling pretty hot at the moment. And let me pull this up here real quickly. Uh, so, and uh, by the way, 2023 coaching carousel tracker is uh, on the top of the page. It should be by now, by the time y'all are listening to this, on the top of the page there. Um at lacrossebucket.com where y'all can see all the different coaching changes uh, that have taken place so far. uh, Isn't 100% updated as of recording this, but will be by the time y'all, by the time this comes out. Uh, The biggest news Coming on the coaching carousel front this week is Mount St. Mary's parting ways with Tom Gavanti. Uh, he's been there 27 years uh, as the head coach, hired in 1995, I believe it was, um, when he first took over. Um, yeah, man, this is a uh, this is a. Uh, a significant and I would say a shocking, um, shocking announcement. He's been there for so long, and Mount St. Mary's hasn't necessarily been the best program. Um, they haven't necessarily had the greatest uh, run of success under Tom Gavante, but they've, you know, been competitive. They've had really bad years. They've had some solid years. They had really good years. Um, you know, twenty nineteen was a, a great season for them. I believe they lost in the NEC semifinals uh, that year uh, to, was it RMU? It was, yeah, Robert Morris, I believe, beat them in, in that semifinals. Um, but it may have been someone else, but I know RMU won that, won the conference tournament that year. And I uh, believe Mount St. Mary's was the top seed, if I'm not mistaken there. Mount St. Mary's, they went back to the MAC this season, and they were the uh, co champions uh in the league the number one seed I believe it was um excuse me maybe the number two seed but uh they were uh pretty good this year pretty good this year Connor Beals was very solid at the faceoff dot you had guys like Mitchell Dunham um back there on defense who uh you know really shined uh TJ Gavanti was was one of the one of the young guns for this team. Uh, they brought in a really good freshman class that I was really high on, and uh, you know we've talked about uh, here on this podcast. I believe when we looked at some recruiting stuff 
uh, back uh, a while back, obviously now, but talked about that Mount St. Mary's recruiting class and really sneaky good class they got in this freshman class. Uh, T.J. Gavante, his son, seems to have been uh, into the transfer portal. Uh, the coaching news, I should mention, uh, was first reported by Chris Trzemski here on, uh, actually Thursday, recording this on Wednesday uh, night, so uh, late last night is when that was reported. Uh, 2023 Mount St. Mary's, they went seven, They went excuse me, eight and eight overall. 7-2 in MAC play again the first year back in the MAC since has to be, what was it, early 2000s when they went to the NEC? Uh, early 2000s, late 90s is when Mount St. Mary's was in the MAC prior and then went to the NEC and now back in the MAC. Um, they're, they're at least in the, in the MAC for lacrosse at that time. So, um, yeah, you know, Mount St. Mary's had a solid season. Um, a lot of upside that you saw from this team um, and was a team that did lose some big pieces from last season, um, but, you know, did, you know, find a way to break through. Now, they didn't have the best ending to the season. Um, they lost in the semifinals, got blown out, actually, by Marist in that semifinal game, if you can remember uh, back to uh, May, uh, was it that first weekend of May, losing, I think it was 19-7 to it was, the final of that one. They also lost to, um, was it Siena the week before, um, but that was a one-goal loss to a great Siena team there in the regular season finale. They at one point had a six or seven-game winning streak um, from, it was like, mid-March through late April um, until they lost those final two games. Had won, it was six or seven, maybe even eight games straight. Um, or no, it was seven games because they, they had won, they'd won an earlier game non-conference play. Um, but a solid year for Mount St. Mary's, and uh, uh, th- that makes it all that more surprising that Tom Gravanti is gone. I, I, I had multiple people mention this to me. Um, they said, you know, you look at, at, at Dartmouth, and we talked about this with the Dartmouth job, is a new AD came in. Uh, same situation here. New AD has come in. Now, I've not seen any other um, reports of coaches being let go uh, at Mount St. Mary's like we saw. I think it was one or two coaches that this new AD has let go uh, or, or terminated the contract of at Dartmouth uh, since he got there. Um, but, you know, Mount St. Mary's, they did just hire a new AD. I think it was last week when it was announced. So it hasn't been that long uh, th- that he's been there. That could play a part in this. Um, you know, Guvante, been there for a very long time, you know, is, is well-respected, well-liked by you know, everyone who I've ever talked to who has played for him, known him, um, you know, a, a guy who obviously was very committed to that program, being there for such a long time. One of the longest tenured head coaches in college lacrosse at one place um, that we had. You really don't see that at all anymore. So um, uh, uh, shocking news there on, on Wednesday night, Tom Gravante 
out at Mount St. Mary's again, Christian Chemsky reporting that news. He ends his tenure in Emmitsville with a 178-245 record. Two NCAA tournament uh, appearances, 2003-2010, during his tenure. Now, we also have some assistant coaching news to get to as well. So, uh, Ohio State, I think we talked about it. Andrew Vossler coming back there after a tenure at Colgate a few weeks ago. They've announced a new hire here, Justin Tuma. He's also coming back um, there, at, uh, you know, coming and, and replacing Rick Lewis, who was the offensive coordinator who uh, left the program after this season. And um, it, it really is a, a kind of wholesale change there at Ohio State. We'll get to that a little bit later here in, in a second in the transfer portal talk. Um, Dave, uh, let's go Boston you real quick. The, the, the two biggest hires, I would say, biggest assistant coaching news here over the past couple of days is Jack Rowlett heading to Boston U as the Terriers defensive coordinator. This is a tremendous hire for the Terriers and Ryan Poley's staff. Jack Rowlett, obviously a great player in his own right, is still tearing it up in the PLL with uh, the Chaos Lacrosse Club. He has been a big piece in that Georgetown defense as a volunteer assistant, been a big piece in that program's development and success over the past couple of years. He is now heading, I believe he's been there since 2019, if I'm not mistaken, at Georgetown as a volunteer assistant. Um, He is moving to Boston U as the program's defensive coordinator, getting his first full-time coaching job there at Boston U. This is, I mean, we'll see how he does, uh, but but I think this is is a pretty good hire here for the Terriers. Obviously, a guy... um, ton of respect for, uh, you can tell the players have a ton of respect for him and, and just a ton of respect for him as a person and as a coach and what he's done in the lacrosse community. Great hire here by Ryan Poley. Really interested to see what he's going to do at Boston U now, leading that defense um, there and kind of coming in with the blueprint uh, that he has. Uh, you know, obviously gets a, you know, maybe build his own blueprint now as an assistant coach ahead of his own defense. But it'll be interesting to see uh, you know, some of the things that he puts in or, or, or changes there at Boston U based on you know what he got at Georgetown and the success they had there. So uh, some big news there with Boston U. Um, North Carolina has let go Dave Metzbauer. This is the biggest news of the week, to be honest with you. This is the biggest news of the week, to be honest with you. Um, Dave Metzbauer, a a legend in in, in, in lacrosse coaching, um, he has what seven rings that 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 he has um, as a uh, as a coach. Um, I mean, he. A, a, an incredible blueprint 
on the game. Um, and you see the kind of, um, you see the kind of outpouring of support, um, on social media and, and just talking to people. Um, you know, he has been there since, um, 2013, I believe it was, at North Carolina, um, you know, he has been instrumental in the Tall Heels' success. Um, you know, we've seen North Carolina struggle in recent years. Um, you know, North Carolina went 7-7 seven and seven this year. Um, they were a top 20 offense uh, there, and I think adjusted efficiency might have been even better. Um, but they were still pretty decent offense, even though they had... Um, had some struggles. He was at Princeton prior to that. Um, I believe that was, let me look here, 2009, excuse me, is where he was, uh, he was, uh, left Princeton. 1990 to 2009 was there with Bill Tierney, helped, uh, you know, lead them to six championships there. Um, there was an assistant coach, high school level, um, and, and was there, at Loyola for a couple of seasons before joining uh, Joe Bresci in North Carolina in 2014, uh, the 2013 and 14 seasons there, uh, that he was at Loyola, then heads to North Carolina. So he won six titles at Princeton, won another one at North Carolina, uber successful assistant coach at Princeton, at North Carolina, at Loyola. I mean, he has done a, a ton, and his offenses have always been pretty good. Um, very shocking news. Like, I, I don't know the whole backstory of why he has been let go. Um, you know, there have... There's obviously been a struggle at North Carolina, in recent years, they missed the tournament in 2022. They missed it again in 23. And honestly, they haven't been um, up to that standard among the rest of the ACC teams since they won that title in 2016. Um, it, I mean, they've been kind of the bottom of the barrel, um, except for those years where Syracuse was, was lower than them in the ACC, like, they've been down there. Now, being the bottom of the bill in a five-team ACC, where all five teams are traditionally in the top 20, top 15, it's not too bad. But missing the NCAA tournament those years, having 500 records those years, uh, and, like, honestly, that, what was it, the 20... 17 year, I believe it was, or 2018 year. Both of those seasons, um, I know there was one of them, 2017 it was, where they made the tournament, and the only reason that they weren't a 500 team is because I believe they were um, one above 500, maybe, coming into the tournament. Like they were, were a borderline, should not have been in the tournament that you if I'm remembering correctly. Like, th this has not been a pretty storm at North Carolina. 
Joe Bleshy just signed a seven-year contract extension. Excuse me, a, a three-year contract extension. Excuse me, three-year contract extension uh, back in May. His contract expired this year. Uh, his contract was actually set to expire on June 30th, uh, so here in a couple weeks. He signs that extension, so he's staying. Dave Metzbeller out. I, I kind of assumed there was going to be some changes at North Carolina this offseason. Was it going to be coaching-wise? Was it going to be portal-wise? We'll see how things go in that realm. North Carolina, at least to my knowledge at the moment, has not added anyone in the portal, but they do have a assistant coaching opening. Um, and, like, I'll, I'll just say this. Uh, whoever gets this position, like, that's a heck of an offense to work with. That is one heck of an offense that they are going – to get to work with um, when you look at the Tall Heels and what they bring back next season. Um, you know, obviously, Logan McGovern, Sean Goldsmith, all of those fifth-year guys are gone. James Matan, a, a, a solid freshman, had a great freshman season. He is back You've got Ryan Levy had a solid uh, sophomore season here. Um, he's back. You've got Dominic Petromala, obviously, who missed this season with an injury. Be interesting to see what he does in the Carolina blue uniform. Uh, Anthony DeMarco, Dewey Egan. Like, there's a ton of young talent on this roster uh, that is capable and is. Uh, can very easily be developed into a, a, a an offense that is a top five, a, a top ten unit consistently. Hit the camera here for a second if you're watching on the YouTube, which a good time to mention, you can listen to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts, uh, Spotify, Apple all of those platforms. You can also watch on YouTube as well. And if you're watching this one, you'll see a shaky camera uh, at about the, what, what, what is this, 18-minute mark as uh, my foot hit the uh, hit the old tripod uh, there. Good segue here from the coaching realm into the transfer portal realm. So, uh, a couple, I don't want to hit on a ton this uh, this episode. Don't want to go too long here. Uh, but do want to mention some that I've not mentioned in the past. Um, and I know we haven't had a podcast here in about a week now. Um, Ohio State. Uh, I mentioned Ohio State. Changes at Ohio State. We've got two new assistants there at Ohio State. Um, there, you know, three assistants on your staff now, full-time assistants with that volunteer assistant position being allowed to be paid now per new, uh, NCAA rules, um, along spring sports. I think baseball and, uh, a couple others was also affected by that, adding an extra assistant. So, um, lacrosse now has three assistants, which is why you see Ohio State, you know, adding two guys this offseason while Travis Crane still stays on as the defensive coordinator. Um, he'll have a solid defenseman to, to work with from Fairfield. And Zach 
Antonio, um, a kid out of plant uh, there in in uh, in Tampa, Florida, uh, Tampa Bay area. He has been phenomenal throughout his first two seasons at Fairfield. A day one starter has started at close as a freshman and as a sophomore. I believe was he the uh, he was CAA All Rookie Team uh, as a freshman uh, was an All CAA selection this year. I mean he's been one of the best, of the best in the CAA at the close defensive spot. Forty five ground balls, thirty nine caused turnovers for Antonio. This uh, through his first two seasons, he'll be finishing his career at. Ohio State, uh, Thomas Greenblatt, uh, the uh, Binghamton grad transfer, heading to Ohio State as well. Uh, he led the Bearcats this past season. He was uh, second in scoring for the Bearcats this past season uh, with a total of 23 goals, 35 assists. 58 points. We'll see how he looks on uh, in that Ohio State offense uh, where they do lose some big pieces there. Uh, Jack Myers, obviously, most notably gone from that Buckeye offense and a Buckeye team that is going to look a lot different um, in, in many respects next season. They have added a boatload of of transfers, as we've already mentioned. I'll just go through the list here right now. Gannon Matthews, redshirt sophomore out of midfielder out of Cleveland State, heading to Ohio State. Eli Fisher, a uh, two-way threat guy, uh, grad transfer from Wagner, heading to Ohio State. Uh, Greenblatt, as we mentioned, the Binghamton midfield transfer, heading to Ohio State, Zach Antonio, the sophomore defenseman out of Fairfield, heading to Ohio State, who we just mentioned. Danny Brady, the Wagner goalie, grad transfer, going to Ohio State. And the biggest addition of all, I believe, Tommy Burke. This one's been known since last fall. Vermont stud faceoff man, one of the best in the country, also uh, heading to Columbus as a grad transfer. It's a, it's a complete overhaul there in Columbus, and we, and we get news of some more transfers over the past couple of weeks we have. Um, also want to mention Justin Tunin heading to Michigan, the Lehigh uh, grad transfer um, uh Attackman was going to say midfield for a second. Attackman, uh, pretty solid player out of there. One of the leading scorers this past season, 46 goals, 9 assists, a, a, a big-time goal scorer for the Mountain Hawks during his time in Bethlehem, um, uh, Bethlehem uh, PA there. Uh, had a solid career, uh, missed a, a lot of 2020 uh, two, if you remember, was one of those guys that went down with an injury early in the season. He bounced back strong, had a strong uh, season this year, had a strong ending to 2022 also, 11 goals, 
one assist in those final five games. He started those final two, including uh, was that against BU? I believe it was that uh, semifinal game where they came back and, and made a heck of a game out of it. Uh, solid, consistent player here for the Mountain Hawks and, and had his best season this past year. Now heading to Michigan. Um, a couple others to get here real quickly um, that I know are confirmed. Oh, Bo Pedersen, I, I don't believe we mentioned this. Um, if we did, we'll mention it again. Heading to uh, Michigan, uh, another Michigan transfer, another guy coming from uh, Princeton, uh, as Princeton has a, a ton of guys uh, in the transfer portal, many who have already uh, decided on their next destinations. Uh, so he's heading to Michigan. Do not believe we talked about him on the last podcast, uh, but very solid uh, midfielder there from the Tigers. Uh, really a, a, a serious defensive threat as a defensive midfielder for Princeton these past couple of Seasons, a big piece of the uh, just insane, insane midfield depth on both ends that the Tigers had the past couple of years. Um, And we're going to stay here on the defensive end to cover some of these uh, bigger uh, moves, uh, uh, I should say the biggest move over the past week or so, Um, and we'll get to that here in just a second. First, we have to go to Jacksonville. They've added Paul Reedy, the sophomore goalie out of Delaware, a Charlotte native. Uh, he started, I believe it was eight games in 2023, excuse me, in, in 2022. Only played in a couple this year. Has a ton of upside that he's bringing to Jacksonville. Excited to see what he does there, um, if he can compete and win that starting job. Johns Hopkins, I believe, has their starting goalie for next year. That is Chase Irwin. The former Cornell goalie has uh, decided on Johns Hopkins. He's reuniting with Peter Milliman for his final season of college lacrosse. Um, coming off a uh, season this year where he stopped 179 shots, 52% safe percentage. 11-4 record for Cornell, 5-1 in the Ivy League, was an all-Ivy first-team selection. A four-year starter there for the Big Red, played his first two seasons there under Peter Milliman before he went to Homewood to be the head coach of the Johns Hopkins Blue Jays. Chase Irwin will end his career playing for Peter Milliman, a, a, a humongous addition for this uh, Hopkins program as they do lose Tim Mosiel after this season. Uh, Tim Mosiel is not coming back, is foregoing his final year of eligibility. Um, and Chase Irwin, a, a big name, a big-time player to step in the pipes there 
and, and, and is going to be a uh, instant impact in the uh, in between the pipes there in goal for the Blue Jays. I, like when I look at the transfer portal this year, and I said this back in even before we knew officially everyone who was going in in terms of these grad transfers, that I thought you know Chase Owen, and we knew he he was going in pretty early on, uh, was was probably going to be the, the the biggest player in the portal in terms of the immediate impact. And, and I think you can say that is still very much the case. Chase Owen probably the if I were to rank the portal like number one, two, three, four, like two, four, seven does for for football guys, I'd probably have Chase Owen up there as number one, certainly a top three, top five guy in the portal this offseason. Um, Ohio State, former goalie, was a freshman this past season. Um, Oren uh, Gionas, I know I butchered that last name, apologies, um, has also entered uh, the, the portal and decided on Ohio, on, excuse me, on uh, Johns Hopkins. He was a uh, four-star recruit, believe he was a, 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 a um, yeah, a four-star recruit, uh, very highly touted guy out of high school. Did not see action. I maybe saw one or two games of action this year at Ohio State, if any. Um, he's going to Johns Hopkins as well. So, uh, does Johns Hopkins have the next, not just year, but maybe two, three years ironed out in cage? We shall see. All right, folks, that is it for today's episode. As always, y'all can connect with us on social media, at Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season.